Downstairs Pub is open for business, and the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. To my left at the high top table is the big fella, Country Matt Kempf, bellied up to the bar to my right in his natural condition like a wild animal, the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. hoo Fellas, it's great to be back at the pub uh, after another wild week of sports. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing good, buddy. I uh, I got to say, I was, I was uh, battling traffic today and was in a terrible mood until I see my man Freddie Benders coming in in his North Dallas 40 shirt. Where'd you get that? I love that, man. <laughs> I actually had it made. I was uh, a buddy of mine and, and I were, he was Joe Bob Pretty and I was Philip Elliott, the wide receiver, little Nick Nolte action. So I'll tell you what, fun with that. man sitting in a North Dallas 40 shirt, sit, sipping champagne, you know he's living right. I'm not, I'm not messing with that guy. <laughs> I'm definitely not celebrating my picks. <laughs> I don't think any of us are, but that's beside the point. We will get into that later on in the show. Um First of all, I would like to thank everybody that uh, listened last week and uh, sent feedback. Um, I'm able to see where all the listeners uh, are listening from. And uh, just real quick, one thing I found uh, very interesting is that we had um, two listeners from overseas. Really? Whereabouts? Both listeners from overseas were located in Brussels, Belgium. Oh, wow. Donk Shane. So apparently we are huge in Belgium. Did they is... know that that's my World Cup pick? <laughs> that's what did it. That's what did it. You you, you got to hold up Murley. I got a little, you know, I have a little Belgium in my, in my bloodlines. What's Belgium known for? Chocolate? I don't know. I'm you know what? Here. I'm not sure. Waffles. waffles. Oh, great waffles. <laughs> Cheers, Beldum. 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 <laughs> um, but on a serious note, I would like to thank everybody. That's cool. Everybody that listened, uh, sent feedback. Uh, we are on social media at Blockout Pod on Twitter. So give us a follow. Um, it's the easiest way for you to get in touch with us, ask us any questions, tell us our picks are horrible, or uh, just whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to talk about. Give us an idea. For something you want to hear as far as uh, future shows or anything like that, it, that is at Blockout Pod on Twitter. Um, as usual, uh, especially at this time of year, we will start off the show just uh, talking a little bit about the college football playoff. Uh, the, the latest rankings came out as we record this on a Wednesday evening, the latest uh Rankings came out yesterday, uh, and quickly we'll just go through the top seven. Georgia stays number one, Ohio State at number two, Michigan number three, TCU four, Tennessee five, Louisiana State, and the family at number six, uh, Southern Cal at number seven, and uh, just for Freddie's benefit, we will throw in Alabama at number eight. Oh, that makes hey, me feel welcome so to the party. much better. Yay. <laughs> uh, Freddie, what are your initial thoughts uh, relative to the newest rankings? Well, am I, uh, I'm looking over here at uh, Matt, and am I leaning towards two Big Ten teams getting in? I've been holding hard against that because of the schedule. 
of Michigan and uh, and for, for that matter, Ohio State. I think both their schedules, as I've said and elaborated on, are, are awful, not to mention their non-conference. Michigan's worse than Ohio State. But – How can you say that definitively? What I'm looking – well, you know, uh, they said it definitively on uh, the CFP. They actually oh, well, all they talked about it, it this then, time, they too. They say it, then we well, got to well, believe it. Well, now they have yeah. my – they kind of have my backing a little bit. I noticed okay. uh, uh, last night at the half when they did that during the uh, in between the basketball games, the great basketball game. I will say that way. catch that Marvison Harrison Jr. had was oh. maybe one of the most amazing catches I've ever seen. I don't even know how a body moves like that. If 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 I contorted my body in that way, the only way I could think of that would be possible is if I got in a car wreck. And Matt, that catch happens against only one team in all of college football. Oh, the IU Hoosiers. That is exactly right. <laughs> if, if that play happens in any other game against any other team, that might have been a career-ending injury for Harrison Jr. But since it was against Indiana, somehow his uh, entire body turned one way, his legs turned the other. He had a foot inbounds, no problem. He hopped right back up and uh, probably had another – 80 yards the rest of the game. The backward angle of that looks like two different people. Just the, the way that his legs are, are facing. It, it, it It's hard to wrap your your mind around the fact that's one person on, on the backside making that catch. Don't forget the end, and they beat another scrub. Yes. Man, that's, <laughs> that's mean. Okay. Uh, Georgia is playing great football. They are number one. Uh, I did think at the beginning of the year that they would have two losses, so I have been proven wrong. And uh, uh, I, with that schedule, you thought Georgia would have two losses? You know what? I actually did. I I really did not think that they. Uh, I thought they were off on uh, defensive backs, and I thought they were off on some wide receivers. Just out of curiosity, what was the two teams that you had the the highest probability of beating Georgia? Well, I thought in that buzzsaw of teams towards the end. Kentucky. When they were at Mississippi State. Oh, okay. At, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky. All those uh, with Tennessee right before that. Uh-huh. I just thought, man, that is going to be a tough little area there. Now, that's the beginning of the season when you're thinking Mississippi State's going to be for real and Kentucky is going to be for real. Well, my, my, how, how things have changed. Kentucky is just Will, Will Levis, as you have said, playing injured. I would like to give a shout-out to my beloved Vanderbilt Commodores for the big, big win. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> what, what an upset. What an upset. Yeah, I mean, and it was awesome to see, honestly, for a team that hasn't won an SEC game in – 26 No, yeah, what's, it's an historic win. It was, it was something like that. I believe it was 26 straight. And, wow. I mean, I did feel badly for Kentucky because I know what a setback that is relative to their program, really – but uh, at the same time, it was a heck of a win for Clark Lee and a heck of a win for Vanderbilt. What? I just wanted to throw that in there. I'm glad you did. Freddie, uh, right back to well, your thoughts. I really, if we want to just get into it, there, the, there's one main thing to talk about, and that is TCU still the fourth team undefeated. Uh, it looks like uh, they're taking care of business each week. Uh, Tennessee's just hanging out there. Well, they I really shut gonna, me up. I think Tennessee's going to get in. I really do. Uh, at this point, is but, there any? Is is there any? And I mean, the game is at Baylor. Are we just automatically giving TCU a win at Baylor? Or are we thinking that is a game that is still uh, very, very difficult? 
uh, I think that Baylor is probably one of the most unpredictable teams out oh, there. You, you never know what you're going to get with Baylor. Uh, can they beat TCU? Obviously. I, I think any team that TCU's played could have beat TCU. But somehow they just continue to win. So that being said, I I, I can't. The spread's I, I, very strange. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bet that game. I can't look at it. I, I would three. not be surprised either way what happens in that game. But uh, go Baylor because we do not need TCU in that playoff. It's a neat story. But at the end of the day, it's going to end up being another Cincinnati like we had last year where they get in and they get blown out by superior talent. Or Michigan State or Washington or – Or Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, you can keep going with that. So, uh, I think the best-case scenario, which would be great for us viewers, is um, having the two Big Ten teams and the two SEC teams where you have Georgia playing against Michigan first game out. On the other side, you have Ohio State versus Tennessee. We got to see that rematch again. Yes, yes. I think I think Michigan actually matches up well with Georgia no, on a physicality do. level. They, they 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 you know they kind of have an. I think they would play them a lot tougher this time. Absolutely. Even though I don't think Michigan's very good. So <laughs> you made that clear. We need for that to happen. Then obviously we need TCU to get beat. We need. Ohio State and Michigan to play in what, like an instant classic type that comes down to the last second where there are questions as to, uh, you know, one team do- didn't assert their dominance over the other. Is is that all we need to have happen? Well, no. How about Tennessee sitting right there? Well, this is what I was – Tennessee is, is the next man up no matter what. But I think a team that has a serious play in this is USC – as we spoke about earlier, they have their one loss, and it's by one point on the road at Utah. That's a great point. Um, and if you look at the remaining schedule, they're playing at UCLA this weekend. Um, they'll have a Big 12 – or the, at Notre Dame the following week, Thanksgiving weekend, and then they'll have the, the Pac-12 championship game against more than likely Oregon. Right. Which would be three quality wins in a row, and they become a major contender to get keep, keep in. It, keep in uh, mind that UCLA – blew a clunker this past weekend losing i mean to a horrible team i don't know what they were thinking and oregon for that matter Arizona. lost to a good team washington but still they lost too mm-hmm. so those two teams have nothing to fight for i have a feeling if i was a betting man i would bet against both of them this week mm-hmm. they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna be amped up even if they're at home Washington has to be kicking themselves for losing to Arizona State earlier in the season. Yeah, Arizona because and Arizona they, State. Because they could absolutely be in that conversation. We had talked last week on the program about the fact that Washington was playing so good offensively, but I wasn't sure that their defense could hang with Oregon. But I'll tell you what, not that it was a great defensive performance, but they got stops when they needed them, when they needed them and uh, Mike Penix Jr. continues to absolutely impress. That was a really, really fun game to watch. You called it last week. That was definitely one of the most entertaining games of the weekend, and I didn't see that coming. I I thought for sure that Oregon would run away with that, that, seeing how it was at Oregon. Right, and that's a great call on uh, USC popping in there. I I had forgotten about that. I did not know that they only had a – one point loss to Utah, who is playing really good football, and right not now. to mention at Utah is one of the toughest oh, places yeah. to play at. So and, that's uh, that's a 
not, that loss should not go against you. I, I guess one more little thing I want to throw in there is there are two other teams that have one loss. Uh Little old Clemson and mm. uh, and a team that I want to give a shout out to uh, and their coach real quickly because we won't bring it back up. But uh, Mac Jones at North Carolina. How about Mac Brown? I, I'm sorry, Mac Brown at North Carolina. Great call. Sorry, I was I was getting ready. We to love Mac Jones May. too. Luke, I was getting ready to mention May, the quarterback, Luke's brother. Uh, the quarterback for uh, Carolina is playing so good. Um, I mean, Chiswick's playing. He's got the defense playing a little bit better. But North Carolina with one loss. Last year they, they uh, what did they have, one or two? Or, I mean, last year they had a great record. Uh, what a great job they're yeah. doing out there. Mike Jones has stepped in and really turned that program around. And, and I'd like Mac to say. Brown. Mike Brown. God, <laughs> you're in my know, head, Freddie. <laughs> do we know that that's Mike Brown? He's so yeah. damn old. Yeah, I, I don't I know. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe he's good buddies with Mike Jones. Um, either way, think about how that season started with North Carolina in that shootout against Appalachia State. Yeah, where they barely won that game. I, I believe what was that triple overtime? Oh, that got the whole college. Uh, I football, mean, yeah, uh, that talk about a way up. to kick off college football. That game was incredible. But yeah, I mean, in North Carolina, they're they're rolling. They their their wins have been convincing. Um, they're fun to watch. They're seems like they only win by three every time. I have bet them a lot, so it, it's it's always a, kind of a close game. They haven't they've been away from blowing people out lately. Well, they have given up um, meaningless touchdowns in a couple of Late. those games to cost the spread, yeah, especially right. Virginia. Some bad beats there oh, at the Chizik. end of those ball games. And I love Chiswick. I love their defensive coordinator. Great on the SEC Network. Always one of my favorite analysts, so I want to give a shout-out to him as well. Uh, but actually, Travis, I mean, you know, Kansas State can cause some trouble for some teams. They're another unpredictable team, up, down. Uh, and I'm just mentioning them because they can maybe uh, – don't they have a chance to possibly uh, get in that Big 12 no, uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah the Big 12 is yeah. wide open uh, after So, TCU. you know, that's another team that, that we need to keep an eye on that could give TCU fits. But it's pretty much set up. Uh, what about you know, uh, LSU? It, what's the uh, what's the pathway Are we talking about them? them? Uh, well, I mean, we're talking well, about Well, I think if LSU beats Georgia okay. and, and takes care of business at Texas A&M, who's Possibly the biggest disappointment of the year. There's no sorry, Jimbo. There's no doubt about that, and and mm -hmm. that would be to me. And it's crazy to think about this because I believe A and M was ranked what sixth oh, at the beginning yeah, oh, of the season. Oh yeah, yeah. And so for me to think this is insane, but I would think that if Texas A and M found a way to win that game, it would be an enormous upset. Uh, I think LSU has shown that they can look very beatable. Uh, especially on the road at Arkansas this past weekend against, oh, yeah. what, a third-string quarterback. Um, it took everything just to get out of there alive. That was a 13-10 to 10 game, and really Arkansas had that game right at the very end and blew it. So I don't know with LSU. Uh, I think they're pretenders. They look like pretenders. They're, I think they'll get back on track. That was coming off an emotional I just, win. I just can't see them um, beating Georgia. But if it happens – I still don't think they get in. 
but that's going to be really crazy when we get to that. But that's but that's, that's why we we're expanding to twelve. That's why this is expanded to twelve, exactly. and all this talk will go away. So, man, if we expanded to twelve, my Crimson Tide would be in there. Yeah, they probably still would. It would just be a. <laughs> it would just be another opportunity for another crushing defeat, yeah. Freddie. <laughs> After Cadillac Williams second. breaks your heart on Thanksgiving last weekend, <laughs> Freddie. Uh, what else you have for us? Anything? No, I mean, just by looking at all those, Matt brought up a great point with USC. Uh, Clemson, like I said, is still hanging out there with one loss. I don't think they're going to get anywhere close because I think UT is no, taking care of business. It all real. I, I did say that it hinged in the SEC, and now it's hinging in the big uh, on the Big Ten between Ohio State and Michigan. It's going to be interesting. And hey, as we're watching down here, we're watching this game. Snow everywhere. What if that happens out there in uh, uh, in that great battle of Ohio State and Michigan? A little snow on the ground. Then you definitely got to give the edge to Michigan. That would be. Uh, they would love for pretty, the snow to come in. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. And that's always a 12 o'clock game, right? It is. It's yeah. noon game. Yeah. Noon game. So I, I think we pretty much got it down, uh, and we just need to see what – wait till – uh, the the big matchups rivalry week. Yep, and um, glue your eyes to USC UCLA this weekend because that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, and they're uh, obviously for a, a lot of teams in the SEC this week. It's kind of their. It's not obviously not an off week, but it is a week where they play lesser competition leading up to their big rivalry game starting next week, and you see that a little bit across college football. But there are, as we touched on, some uh, really interesting games and some games that could possibly have an impact uh, as it relates to the playoff and the uh, the teams that will actually get in. Um, I did want to really quick touch on some stories in the NFL from last week. We had, Matt and I had talked about at uh, at a little bit of length last week about the decision that Indianapolis Colts made to hire Jeff Saturday as their head coach. And very predictably, a lot of old head coaches and, you know, people that maybe have more of an old school type of mentality about the thing just absolutely shredded the Colts for even having the audacity to think about hiring Jeff Saturday. And in particular, uh, Bill Cowher went on an uh, impassioned <laughs> rant on CBS where he called it a disgrace to the coaching profession. It was and that, so intense, he even teared up a little bit on that. And that he was a... Here's the part that got me, and I actually went back and looked at this because I thought this was probably true, but I wanted to make sure. He was talking about the fact that he was made the head coach at Pittsburgh at a very young age. I think he was 30. I think he said he was 34 years old yeah. and that he had already been an assistant coach for seven years before he had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I wonder what Jeff Saturday was doing when he was 34 years old. When Jeff Saturday was 34 years old, he was playing center for the Indianapolis Colts. And he was playing center for the Indianapolis Colts for a few years after that. Yep. So I'm not sure that it really makes a difference that Cower was a, and I'm just, 
I actually really like Bill Cowher. I don't want this to sound like I'm piling on him at all. Sounds like you hate him. <laughs> Why do you hate Bill Cowher? Well, I hate him because he beat the Colts in the AFC Championship game in, I believe it was 1995. There we go. Now we're getting to the room. And that, and, and that broke my heart. There it we it go. still breaks my heart. Open up. Big chin. But, <laughs> but I did think Huge that, chin. I did think that it was interesting that while Cowher was getting – you know, I get. You know, he's getting his coaching. You know, breaking into coaching or whatever. Well, Jeff Saturday was still playing in the NFL at a Pro Bowl level at that time. And will it work long term? I have no idea. But I will tell you this: as a longtime Colts fan, this was really the first time all season that I felt like there was any real juice relative to the Colts. And I know Las Vegas is an absolute disaster. Josh McDaniels is an absolute well, disaster. You say that, but the Colts were an absolute disaster. So you have two absolute disasters going against each other. I, I, I completely agree. The team played their butts off for Jeff Saturday. I don't know what his hoorah get behind it speech was before the game, but I mean, they something happened there. Me. They did. They looked good. I'll they, tell you what it was. They were country. aggressive. Yeah. I'll tell you right now what it was. It was the first time, maybe in a couple of seasons, that there was accountability coming from the head coach down the line. Frank Reich, I mean, everybody loves him. He's a great freaking guy. Mm -hmm. But I think he got very comfortable with the players. He got very comfortable with his coaches. There was a lack of accountability coming from the top. And I think Jeff Saturday probably came in there and said, look, a lot of you people in this building might not think that I deserve this job, but guess what? I got it. I'm the boss, and you better go out there and play the way you can play. I, guarantee, I can tell you this right now. This is a fact. The offensive line played better than they have all season long, and is it a coincidence? Is it a coincidence mm -hmm. that an all-pro former center – came in and said, man, you guys are way better than you've been playing, and I can't figure out why you've been playing so poorly. And they went out and had their best game of the year. And I just I, I found that to be fascinating. Whether I mean, obviously they have Philadelphia coming in this weekend, which I think we all thought Philly would be coming in undefeated. That did not happen because the NFL. I think is, we all knew that 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 um, the Washington Commandos would uh, easily beat Philadelphia. You yeah. guys didn't have that on your cards. The NFL is losers, bad. crazy. You guys me. are losers. <laughs> that cost me the win. Seen that coming. But that should be, and that's all the time I'm going to take on that. I, mm -hmm. I do feel a little bit closer to no, that hey, situation. Cheers to Jeff Saturday. Like, but I go was, get him, buddy. I was, that was really, a great win. I was really pleased that they won it at least gave me a reason, I think most of the fan base, a reason to tune in at 1 o'clock on Sunday and see if he can keep it going for week two. Let's just see if it. we can be in it going in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a great story, if nothing else. Uh, you guys have anything else How on? about that Bills-Vikings game? Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
I felt like I was on a roller coaster in that game. If I had money on that game, I probably would have stroked out three times. I, I could. I, I mean, <laughs> that game was was phenomenal. I'm, I'm obviously a big Chiefs fan. It was the other game that was on TV that weekend. I, I I turned them off to focus in on the Vikings game. It was uh, two of the greatest catches you'll ever see in the NFL on both teams. Justin Jefferson is not a human being. I. I, I that guy how did he pull that down well the guy had his hand on the ball trying to take it from and i think their hands were pushing against it as he was coming down and then he just kind of scooped it from him it was it was amazing and i mean Diggs on the other side i mean those two guys are just great receivers uh what about dalvin cook getting big run big run after big run right when he needed it Oh yeah, I mean, and some of the calls in there, and and the, I mean, it, it was it was it was a crazy game. You know, I, I mean, keep that, waiting on the Vikings about. to choke out because you you're so used to the Vikings doing Viking things, they haven't done it yet. It's mostly like, their quarterback that the, does that. The only time they've looked bad was on that night game. It was a Monday night game against Philadelphia. Um, I guess it's the myth that Kirk Cousins can't play when the sun goes down. Right. So, and Dalvin Cook's fumbled the ball before a couple has. times. Absolutely. So. When, when they've been in a tight game and choke. But, yeah, Cousins is, you know, I think he knows that he's their guy. They're going with him no matter what. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been there for how many years now. But he is just getting more and more comfortable. I think if they lose and he has a horrible game, which sometimes he does, it doesn't bother him anymore. You know what I mean? I uh, just, until proven wrong, I can't trust that guy going into the playoffs. I can understand that. What you were saying about how you were waiting for them to choke out, I think the rest of America and Vegas in particular is still, in particular is still waiting for that. And obviously what is probably nationally the marquee NFL game of the week the Cowboys come to Minneapolis. Cowboys at six and three, Vikings at eight and one. And the Vikings are getting one and a half at home. Tricky. At eight and one. If it looks like a trap, it's a trap. 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 Yeah. I I I don't really know what to say about that except for uh it's just three letters, NFL. That's what it is. It's crazy. Yeah. I'll never understand NFL spreads. I can't figure that one out, and uh, I think I'm going to take them. I feel like they're making us. <laughs> uh, but, no, but, but you know, I was looking on the AFC and NFC standings here, and just the, the AFC, in my opinion, looks just looks stronger. Um, you know, Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Titans, even down to the Dolphins. Uh, who are playing real well. Now, they haven't been there. Dolphins are a team nobody wants a part of. Well, no, but once they get into deep playoffs, they haven't been there in a while. I'm not sure that they – I really do believe when you get deep in the playoffs, you have to have been there a little bit. The Titans well, – Cincinnati the didn't last have, year. The they Ravens. got in the playoffs and shocked the well, world. Well, no, you're right. My Bengals did do that. Uh, uh, and, and so maybe that can happen. But I look at the NFC and I see Eagles, Vikings – and then the third team, which, like we already talked about, great story, Seahawks. Uh, then you got Brady and the Bucks, the Giants, the Cowboys. And then the team that I think is better than all four of those 
and sh- and uh, is actually the 49ers. I think the 49ers are a team that you better look out for in the NFC, as usual. That team, that roster, is a Pro uh, Bowl roster. Yeah. From top to bottom, both sides of the ball. I know people complain about Jimmy G, but all he has to do, his job, is just not screw it up, man. Right. Just, just not screw it up. Right. They they have a system the, in place. That's acquiring Christian there. McCaffrey was um, almost unfair for the rest of the league, I right. think. So. As long as he stays healthy. Uh, and then, of course, in the AFC, the, the last team I had there that I really can't wait to continue watching is the Jets. Yay. Oh, and uh, can I mention that we talked last week at length about how the Bears had been so entertaining, but that they just kept finding ways to get beat every week. <laughs> and how about this? How about this past Sunday? The game was incredibly entertaining. Totally. And they somehow found a way to get beat. I give it up for my guy, Motor City Dan Campbell. We love you. Probably one of my favorite human beings in the NFL, man. If, oh, if you yeah. can't pull for that guy, then you just ain't living right. That's true. So. I don't know with the NFL. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the picture on that. It's um, yeah. There's some fun games coming up uh, this weekend. Um, none, none of them that totally stick out. Uh, Chiefs um, Chargers could be good at San Diego, right? Um, or Los Angeles, wherever the hell they're playing at now. Nobody would really yeah, keep that, up with them. That massive home field advantage. Yeah, at, it's uh, it's going to LA. It's basically going to be um, a bunch of Chiefs fans getting yelled at for being inappropriate for doing the tomahawk chop. <laughs> but well, um, the Chargers, you know, they're they're playing teams tough. Yeah, I I spent a majority of last week's pod talking about how bad uh, the coaching staff for the Chargers was with Brandon Staley. So the last thing that I need is for the Chiefs to come out and lay a clunker on that one. Are we going to talk about the Eagles cho- uh, losing their first game to the Commandos? Man, did you know that Brian Robinson Jr. got shot? Uh, I heard that ten times. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea until the other night. Seriously, though, great comeback story. The kid looks great. Um, he looks better than he did at Bama. I was not impressed with him at Alabama. I, I was. Well, you're impressed with their water boy. So, Let me tell you something. Uh, Philadelphia, For uh, obviously they hadn't lost a game yet, but their last two ball games, they were not what I would consider dominant. They got lucky a couple of times. Um, obviously, I still think they're a very good football team. They're probably the class of the NFC at this point until proven otherwise, but... I think maybe we were lulled into a false sense of how good they were just because they kept winning and not looking at the way that they won. I think it's tough to say about a rookie having that much play on a defense, but they're a different team when Jordan Davis is on the field and when he's off the field. He's just a space eater. And um, when he takes plays off or if he's out, they're a different team defensively, very uh, suspect. Did A.J. Brown even come out of the locker room for that game? <laughs> I think, well, What did he have, three catches? I, I, I never saw him. I mean, uh, he's on my fantasy team. I never saw him. Well, Washington, <laughs> if you look at Washington's <laughs> I mean, skill position players across the board, uh, except for the quarterback spot, that's a good team. That's a good roster. Well, someone locked him down. They got a good coach. We all love Riverboat Ron. 
I agree. I mean, I love the way they're using Gibson now. Uh, you know, that the, the, they've had some injuries too. Uh, you know, a couple of those receivers uh, have been injured. I mean, we keep hagging back to the, the commandos in that horrible Thursday night game. But uh, somehow they put it together, and they had a great game plan versus the Eagles. The Eagles were on a bye, coming in fresh at home, and you got to give them credit. They beat them in their own house. So, Travis, that's that. Um, And we will get back to the NFL here at the end of the show when we dive into our sure-to-be-horribly-wrong uh, gambling picks for this week. But – we did have college basketball tip off uh, to a certain level this week here locally with some games with pitting mar- marquee teams against one another. Uh, in particular, last night was Kentucky against Michigan State at the Champions Classic, um, and that was followed up by... Uh, Duke and Kansas up at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Indiana hasn't played a, uh, you know, a power, a, a decent team yet. They are 2-0. and They have a test on Friday night at Xavier. And the other local team of interest here, unfortunately, Louisville. Oh, disaster. Uh, is sitting at 0-3 after losses to Bellarmine, Wright State, and last night to Appalachian State. Three losses, three all, power by, losses. all by one point, which I can't imagine that that has happened very often in the history of college basketball. And each one a completely different way to lose by one oh, point. Yeah, it's just grueling. It's not like these are these are powerhouse teams. These are these teams are a joke. This this Louisville team's a joke. If you watch the level of effort and what's what's happening there, the, the coaching staff looks lost. We have no idea what this offense is even trying to do with the ball. Um, it looks like an an uh, a NF or NBA style offense, just passing it around the perimeter. The, I think the difference is is that we don't have guys that can create their own shot other than L. Ellis, and I've seen him dribble the ball off his foot more than I've seen him make an assist. Um, what do you have? Eight turnovers the other night. Um, I don't feel like he's uh he is a leader, but I don't feel like I think he's so frustrated that he's just like I'm gonna do what I need to do, and that's how it's gonna be. And I get that part, you know, but I'd rather see them lose by ten and him trying to get other people involved and really work with them and talk to them and. I don't see a lot of that. I see him running back to the locker room with his head down, and he's in his own little zone, and he's not helping matters. They're asking that kid to do a lot. Um, I get it. Uh, like I mean, he's he's the main focal point of this team, and and they're really asking a lot of him. I mean, he's played forty minutes every game. I think last night he played thirty eight minutes, but before that it was forty and forty. You can tell the kid's just completely exhausted by the end of the game. Last night he hit the uh, missed uh, the front end of a one and one, and that's shows how exhaustion sets in i mean by mid-january this kid's legs are going to be completely out from under him um I, it's kind of unfair to ask what we're asking of him uh the, the the problem is is this fan base has just become completely apathetic um i don't i don't even know 
we're getting a little bit of emotion on the call-in shows, but other than that, it's almost just kind of like, for the most part, people want the season to just be over with already, and it just started. Matt, I I remember when Indiana fired Kelvin Sampson and Tom Crean came in that first year, and everybody knew that Indiana had no talent and they were going to be really bad. But I went to several games that season and there was an actual energy in the buildings even though we were getting killed more often than not they were playing so hard and I didn't see you're not seeing that from this team well Uh, you're not seeing this from our fan base and here's the other thing I think what has been glaring in these in these first three games is there have been some just obvious tactical mistakes by the coaching staff in key parts of the game that would cause a fan to look and go, oh, man, I'm not sure that this guy, and I'm not saying before anybody says this, I'm not saying, I I like Kenny Payne a great deal, and I'm not saying that he's a bad coach or anything like that. What I am saying is there have been several instances in these first three ball games coming down the stretch that you just can't make as a head coach. For 13 seconds. Yeah, but Matt, that's a mistake that I don't make with my eighth grade basketball team. There's no argument for that. It's it's a complete misstep. Um, at a, well, I don't maybe, know. It, it's, uh, maybe it's scary. Things will start improving a little bit. It's I mean, scary. Like I was telling Travis, uh, Freddie earlier, to keep their head up a little that, bit. Um, I go back and I look at John Calipari's coaching tree, and I cannot name one successful guy that's ever coached under Calipari. The only name that I can think of is Josh Pastner, and <laughs> that's that. That's where okay. we're at with that. Yeah. So think about that. Who I actually happen to really, I, I, really like on a on a human level. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But do you? Kenny seems like a nice guy, but I'm starting to get a little concerned. Well, three and three games in, I'm not ready to to no. hit the panic button. I am ready to say this is going to be. A very long season for Louisville fans. Uh, this week coming up in the Maui Invitational is going to be a very long week for us. Um, I mean, Arkansas, Monday, they could they could beat Louisville by 100 points. Or one. Maybe we lose by I one mean, again. Let's look at the teams in the top ten. You got Gonzaga, Carolina, Houston, Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, Arkansas, Baylor, UCLA, and Duke. If you really think about it and look back to last year, in the uh, field of 64 and who started really making moves and getting into the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, every one of those teams mm-hmm. were there. Every one of them. Freddie, let's, uh, let's piggyback on that and talk about the Kentucky-Michigan State game last night. Now, speaking of uh, someone who can't 
coach X's and O's. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. my opinion, folks. Yeah. I'm um, sticking to it. But for an early season matchup, obviously it was a wildly entertaining game. Oh, it where was great. Michigan State. Uh, it's only going to help Kentucky. That loss is going to help them immensely. A couple overtimes. It was great fun. Here's the thing about college basketball is these early season games at the end of the day, whether you win or lose, I mean, it's obviously great for your fan base if you win. Whether you win or lose isn't that important as long as you're, you know, from Kentucky and Michigan State. Now, Michigan State is thrilled to have won that ball game. Um, Did you see that play that he dialed up? Well, that, Izzo's a master at that. I, yeah, but but here's the thing. The you and I talk play? about this all the time. Yeah, the coach dials it up, but does it ever happen? And for that play to actually happen and those kids to actually run it to perfection, I, it was almost like I was in Hickory watching the pick and fence. Do you know when those plays used to always actually happen? Who I think is probably the greatest college coach of all times at drawing up plays and having it actually happen. Denny Crum? Absolutely. Denny Crum is, to me, the master. And Izzo has always been good at it. Brad Stevens was great at it. Right, yeah. Oh, he was. Um, Kevin Stallings at Vanderbilt for all the all the crap that he takes and a lot of it for good reason. Stallings was Didn't a great... did he go to Pitt? Yeah, that was a total disaster. Oh yeah, we won like two games up there. But he, but he was always great coming two out of timeouts. But that play was just—I mean, it was literally—it was the three-man weave almost. It was—it was incredible, and it, and it got a smile on my face, even though you know that that uh, I didn't have a dog in the fight, but I, I was kind of wanting the cats to win, and uh, I thought it was just—I thought it was crazy that. Uh, that that they were able to put that together, and and run. Uh, it was just fun to watch. You don't get to see that very often. Um, and I and you know the the overtimes were great. I thought the the, the refs did a halfway decent job. There were a couple calls, but what are you going to do? It's early in the season. Refereeing don't play no part in it. This game's only going to help both teams. It's time for UK to bow out of the Champions Classic. What are they, they one in five since oh, that man. started? No, Cal can't beat any of the big guys. Just, just stop he it. He can't beat any just of them. Stop doing it. And I mean, you know, I don't even want to get into why Cal can't, uh, why Kentucky cannot beat one of the big blue chip teams right now. Kentucky will continue to be in the Champions Classic until – the eyeballs come off the television screen <laughs> for Kentucky being in the Champions Classic. You're absolutely not, right. Not to mention the fact that uh, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but from everything I heard, there? the place was about 80% mm. UK fans last night. Well, the traveling's insane. You know, it's it's two hours up the road. Well, right, but it, even if it's in Hawaii, it doesn't matter. From a fan base that travels probably better than anybody in the United States, and it's kind of a no-brainer, and they're just going to keep putting them there. And trust me, the people that put that, that, put that event on and the people that uh, put it on television could care less they're whether like Kentucky wins or not. Your town. Right. 
And I don't know if we've told everyone on here because we've only hit on football, but folks, Freddie Benders, I went to UK and Bama for a little stints. So I pulled for both of them. How you like that? Your worst nightmare. Yeah. Go Cats. Uh, Row Tide. Yeah, this is what we've been dealing with this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, I'm going to get you off your uh, your uh, high horse relative to Kentucky. And I'm going to talk about what everybody else in the world is talking about outside of the United States. And that is this Sunday, the World Cup starts. Kickball. Now, we're not... G- we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because I know a lot of people don't care as much as we do, but it is obviously World Cup in November. Yeah, it is obviously the biggest sporting event in the world, um, and one that, from an international standpoint, all eyes are on. Get and, you out of Christmas shopping, that's for sure, guys. Yes, Black Friday, we all have a built-in excuse to be able to stay home and watch television because the United States will play England that day. Two o'clock. But, uh, Fred, I just wanted to give you the floor for a few minutes and hit on maybe for people that don't know a lot about the World Cup but plan on turning it on because it is, I mean, it is cool to watch. Uh, Maybe you could just give a quick primer on things to look at and uh, I'm going to call this Fabulous Freddy's Five-Minute World Cup Preview. You have five minutes to sell me on why I should watch the World Cup this year. Go. <laughs> You're up. Something you call kickball. I love kickball. Uh, no, well, I mean, um, the USA, one, one of the things is the USA is back after an eight-year hiatus. Welcome back, that, U.S. That makes a big difference to get everyone involved. Uh, we were kind of limping in, if you will. I expected us to be a little bit hotter and beating some of these teams at the end because uh, we were hot for a while. And uh, that's kind of a bummer, but you got to move past that and start fresh, and that's what we've done. We got our team picked out. Uh, we had a couple, you know, maybe maybe one or two guys left out that we were a little, uh, that, that I was a little frustrated with. Uh p-funk and pepe but you say uh, p-funk but Pe- yeah well that's what i call him but pepe you know he had three goals is p-funk and pepe a different person yes okay yeah <laughs> that's jordan yeah uh but a cut co- those guys were left off not worried about it I-, I do like some of the guys that he did put in uh like a tim ream um and a and a ferrer and a couple other people uh but moving along to to you know, and we have our stars: Pelusig, Rainia, Aronson, Cost, uh, Costa, McKinney. We've got great players for the U.S. Now I understand that uh, some of the favorites or some of the big name teams uh, are looking at some injury issues. Right, and yes, we do have some injuries. And as I'm getting into that, uh, and this is not selling you on it, but I will. Give me mm. a minute. Uh, But, you know, one of my favorite players in the world, Paul Pogba, is injured for France. Uh, The the ever-dangerous Conte and Varane are all out. Uh, That is a total bummer. 
Um, let's see. Jesus Corona from Mexico. Jota for Portugal. Um, let's see here. Another great player for Argentina, possibly two. Uh, Paulo Dybala is injured and out. And Di Maria, the lefty, I'm not sure is playing. And Belgium, who is my Cheers, uh, wild card pick based on the odds, Lukaku. Lukaku. Romulus Lukaku is Romulus out. Romulus Lukaku out. Uh, um, amongst other players that didn't make it, like the Italians, Egypt with Salah didn't make it, Nigeria, Colombia. Anyways, moving to the You're positives. You're selling me on your name enunciation. You are killing that. Moving on to the positives of that. Um, I mean, we've got some uh, great teams. I can't wait to watch the Brazilians out there. Uh, Matt, when you see a shootout, a sudden death shootout, after we get past the group stages, you're going to love it. You just have to be patient because – you have to win your group, which is four teams that you have been drawn into. Two teams come out. If you win your group, if you can be patient enough to stick with the World Cup through that point system and wait till it gets to the round robin, you will be sold. And I'll say this. Even if you don't have a rooting interest in who wins the game, when it gets to the knockout stage, I think there's a the pressure. Yeah, there's a there's just a palpable feeling that this is the most important thing at that moment going on in the world, and Americans can't really hit on it unless they're diehard World Cup fans. But which I have become over the last fifteen to twenty years, really. Maybe and our two Belgium. Uh, fans here that are that are listening to us maybe may, they probably know what it's all about yeah and uh whoever uh, our listeners were from belgium uh reach out to us <laughs> and yeah. talk and ask us about or you tell us about the world cup at blockout pod on twitter i do want to say lastly with the world cup it's going to be the final world cup for two of the greatest players of all time you've heard of them matt can you name them Carlos Zambrano for Team Peru. <laughs> is that your he, team? He, he pitched for the Chicago Cubs. Right, but you are going. That is your – you told me that that is well, your long shot is Peru. I'm not an anti-American guy here. I'm obviously U.S., but you told me that they were crap, so I should pick another team. Well, they're team. not crap. I respect Peru. No, but, no, no, no. no. Uh, you said Americans were crap. For whatever reason, you hate the United well, States. Well, the Americans are not – I mean, they're long shots. Okay. But so um, is Peru. I'm going all in on Peru, I feel <laughs> okay. like. That's that's my squad. A big Peru guy Can here. Can you name the two players that, that are Yeah, not... Carlo Carlos Sambrano and um Mario Montabon. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and tell you Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and their last Well they're two... Argentina, right? No, no. One's they... Argentina uh, Argentinian, one is Portuguese. Well they're not no, on Team one... Peru. Uh huh. So they're not on Team no, Peru. They are not. But they're two of the greatest of all time. This is going to be their final World Cup unless something crazy happens. Uh, but you've got some really good players like Mbappe, uh, Benzema, who's playing great, De Bruyne for uh, Belgium. I can't wait. Travis, take it away. I'm just amped up. So I'm in. Let's watch it. 
right. Well, there was never any doubt that we were all going to get together and watch it. I mean, it's just an excuse for us all to get together and Damn have booze. a drink and watch sports, right? Absolutely. I will say that uh, Freddie got me into uh, the Euro Cup. What was that, I two did. years ago, two summers yeah, ago? I Italians. actually enjoyed that. I, honestly, anything I can gamble on, I'll, I'll get into it. So I was just betting random Wales versus Germany games uh, at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> so that – and then uh, the Kona calf was also that same year, oh, which yeah. which I enjoyed. The, 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 yeah. So I uh, I poke fun, but I I do enjoy kickball a lot. So there you go. Well, with that, boys, we are going to uh, get to maybe the unpleasant part of the podcast where we talk about our unfortunate gambling picks last week. Now I'm going to go ahead and start off. My two bets were. I was betting against Purdue probably as much with my heart as I was with my head, although I really thought Illinois was going to play well. But not only did uh, Illinois not cover, Purdue won the game outright. And then my other bet of the my lock of the week was the Colts and the Raiders, and I was taking the under like an idiot. The only person that takes unders in here and wins it is fabulous Fred woo woo, and that obviously didn't happen so I was 0-2 last week uh and not particularly close uh country how did you do last week um uh one at one and two uh I gave you the Tennessee to easy cover 20 and a half they they covered that that was the one win um Bama. Sonny Dykes just Bama. stuck it right in my ass um he, uh, <laughs> I was talking shit about him, told him to get back in a lantern. Their magic carpet rides over. I did not see that coming. They, they shut me up. Um, they actually earned some respect for me and beat Texas at Texas that night. Texas looked completely lethargic, could not move the ball. Both offenses looked, looked terrible, honestly. Um, second one was I got ballsy and picked the money line against Bama with Ole Miss when I should have just did the spread. 13 and a half. That's me getting cocky. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep getting cocky. So, um, say it with your chest or don't say it with all, right, boys? Freddie, uh, how did you do last week? Well, uh, my Charlotte at Middle Tennessee State under 67 <laughs> hit like flying colors. What a game. Um, I thought I had Miami at Georgia Tech. It was 35-7. I told Travis, there's only seconds left. And I'm like, I got it. That's another one. And damned if a Georgia Tech doesn't score a touchdown with 34 seconds to go. Uh, Utah State, Hawaii killed me. I, I don't know. Hawaii uh, may have – I don't know if they got Bobby Boucher or who, but they found some quarterback to do something. Uh, so I got one of two there. And then my lock was Maryland at Penn State, minus nine and a half, and Penn State won, I think, 30 to nothing. I, I believe crushed that but lost on North Texas at UAB with a winning record. UAB with a losing record. North Texas getting six. They got slaughtered. Uh, and then Baylor, the team that we can't figure out, lost on that. K-State got me. So there's my record uh, on uh, the games I talked about. Uh, well, this is depressing, talking about our losses like I that. know, I man. Know. And, and I've been so hot on my unders. And I'm going to say this right now. This is our opportunity right now to right the ship. We are about to make winning picks. Oh, yeah. 
And for I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna start. And I am riding with my beloved Vanderbilt Commodores this week. Getting oh, 14 baby. points at home against the Florida Gators. I'm all over Vanderbilt. Anchor down, boys. Okay. <laughs> Matt, give me one. All right. I'm sticking close to home here. We're taking Georgia to cover the 22 and a half over UK. Will Levis, there's something wrong with him. Um, the well, kid, hurt. the kid can barely walk. His shoulder is messed up. He can't throw the ball. Uh, that offensive line can't get him enough time to to fart. Um, that uh, Vanderbilt was after him left and right. So the Georgia defensive line coming in, it's just going to be a bad day for UK all the way around. I, I feel like Georgia's going to hit on all cylinders, and I know it's going to be a cold game, so you may want to look at the under on that, but. Um, I like Georgia to cover the 22-and-a-half on an easy level. Freddie. Okay. I got, I got a, I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five. I'm doing five. All right. Of course, we got to start with what I'm normally hot at and known for, even though Matt thinks it's un-American to this day. But this is actually going to be a sponsored – this is going to be a sponsored segment of our shows. It's going to be Fabulous Freddie's – Guaranteed unders every I, week. I cannot believe that Vegas is going to try me again with Charlotte, who just hired a new coach, by the way. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is a Michigan defensive coordinator, but they don't have him yet. And uh, I am taking Char uh, Louisiana Tech with a losing record at Charlotte, obviously a losing record. 64 and a half, the under. I'm all over it. Okay, I am going to take an over. Unheard of. <laughs> Unheard of. And it is Iowa, who I normally bet unders on, and Minnesota, 32.5. I'm going with the over on that one. That may be the, the short, the, I mean, 32, really? So I'm going with the over. I'm going to try my luck on that. And then um, two teams that are reeling that had horrible losses this past week are both at home. And you know what? It's not going to matter. I like USC minus two and a half at UCLA who just choked. I like Utah plus three at Oregon who just choked. You know the Rose Bowls actually sold out for the first time this year. Unbelievable. Wow. And I'm going to end as a Bama fan with one of my feel-good stories. Did you watch Auburn win with the Cadillac Saturday night? They were fun. There's a lot of energy there. I've I, never seen what, so many past players there. That stadium was rocking. It too. was rocking. It was, it was a great atmosphere. And, you know, if that coach doesn't hire the Cadillac for something, uh -huh. whoever gets in there and coaches him, because I don't think it's going to be the Cadillac. But – that guy, I mean, I watched the last uh, 15 minutes of, of the game, uh, of the end of the game, just to watch him waving his towel and the crowd and all his players that were there giving him hugs. How concerned are you that what Lane Kiffin's going to be the next coach at all? I don't think it's going to happen at all. So you're losing just an hour of sleep a night? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. Well, hell, we just beat him. Right, well, well, hey. Lane Kiffin has, hasn't come out of that uh, winning shell yet against Saban, so. I'm not worried about it. All right. Uh, but I am betting against 
our Bowling Green boys. Western Kentucky at Auburn. Auburn minus only five and a half, and I'm taking the Cadillac. Okay, in his I like fi- that. One of his right. final games before he gets whooped in the Iron Bowl. All right, I'm going to move to the NFL, and I'm going to take the Broncos minus two and a half at home against the Raiders. Probably not a lot of people nationally watched the Colts Raiders game last week, but I'm telling you right now, that is a team in complete and total disarray. I saw a car cried as eyeshadow was dripping. Mm. Hello, when Derek Carr cries. The Broncos obviously aren't great, but I don't I don't care. I think the Broncos win that game going away. That is my lock of the week. I am taking the Broncos over the Raiders. All right. I like that. I'm going to roll into um, – this is a uh, double bet. You can parlay this or take it separate or do both, whatever. It's um, Browns plus eight at Buffalo in what looks to be a full-on snow game with the lake effect coming in predicted two to six feet of snow. I hope that happens. I like Nick Chubb and that running game and that Browns offensive line to eat it up that day. Josh Allen looks a little hurt, and I'm going with the under in that one, which is scary to say. I know Freddie loves that. Wow. At 41 and a half points, I don't see it going up like that. I feel wow. a ball control game. Wow. Bet okay. at your own risk. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, uh, and – Let's let's just set this out here right now. This is not a gambling advice show. This is this is a show where three guys talk about the bets that they happen to make. Uh, we don't pretend to to. Uh, what I'm trying to say is, don't follow us for gambling advice. Always bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call one eight eight eight. Y'all ready for my pick? Were the Jets on a buy light this past week? Does anyone know? I don't see them on here. Who are the Jets? The Jets, were they on a bye this past week? Never heard of them. Okay. I am taking the Jets plus three at the Patriots. I've won with the Jets. I've been hot with them. I love their defense. I like the three. That's my pick in the NFL. Anybody have anything else? That's what I got. That's enough money for me to lose this week. Yeah, right. <laughs> I agree. Well, uh, we do want to thank everybody that listened last week for coming back to listen this week. Um, we will be dropping this at noon on Friday, as we will do every week from here on out. Uh, fellas, do you have any final thoughts? Country Matt. Um, go Chiefs. This is a big week, and we get to beat the lowly Brandon Staley on Sunday Night Football. Uh, always love winning division games. We get one one step closer to owning the AFC West again. Fabulous, Freddie. One final thought. Uh, final thought for me is the World Series is over. Baseball is finished. Uh, we've got NFL past midway. 
We've got the college football playoff getting hot. We're almost a week away from uh, rivalry week, which I'm looking forward to. And we've got this crazy thing called the World Cup that's going to pop right in the middle of all of it. Let's go Peru. And uh, I just can't wait for my wife is going to kill me. Uh, you know, I can't wait to find excuses of this, that, and the other to try to say, we're not going to focus on basketball. Football was great. I'm just going to watch a few in NCAA basketball games throughout the week here and there. Oh, wait a minute. World Cup's here. So I'm in big trouble, but I'm going to have fun. Yeah, it should be, it, this next couple of weeks should be an absolute blast. And we hope that you guys will join us here each and every Friday around noon. Again, we are on Twitter at Blockout Pod. That is out block at Blockout Pod. Uh, please uh, follow us. Send us a message. Let us know what you think of the uh, of the podcast. And with that, I would like to say for the fabulous one, Freddie Benders and Country Matt Kempf. Behind the master control desk in the downstairs pub studios, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. <laughs>